You're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. You'll hear from PropTech founders, investors, and industry veterans on how they're using tech to change the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. This isn't just another podcast about making money in real estate. This is about how we live. In each episode, you'll hear about the market opportunities and trends driving the industry forward. TechNest is proudly produced by Finn Ledger in partnership with HW Media. And now your host, Nate Smoyer. Welcome back to another episode of TechNest. And this is a special episode. First, I want to give a shout out and thanks to our sponsors, but also the feature interview uh, for this episode. I've got Joe Pulverari. He's one of the co-founders of Pure Property Management, a very fast-growing tech-enabled property management company that uh, maybe is going about it a little bit differently than everyone else. Um, the evidence of that is the growth trajectory they've demonstrated. In two years' time, they have built up a portfolio managing 15,000 single-family residences. That's both for institutional as well as a lot of mom and pops. Um, they've done this in a way um, largely through a lot of acquisitions. 35 acquisitions of property management companies to create the network that is uh, the pure property management company. Um, they're in over 50 cities, 18 states, um, and they've just launched a whole segment of their business focused on catering to some of those institutional owners and operators. And it's because of the systems, the tech enablement, and their knowledge of how to you know, really equip and operate on the ground, one of the things that really stood out to me in this interview, and I think you'll hear too, is that despite all the tech and real estate and business and growth, Joe's focus remains and he reiterates many times on the people, the people aspects of his business. And I think that's really important because this is not just about making money, this is about how we live. And Joe really hits on that. So we're gonna talk about that and more. All right, but just one more thing here before we jump into today's episode, a word from our sponsor. Renting a home shouldn't be complicated or frustrating. That's why Pure Property Management is on a mission to make renting a home a simple and satisfying experience for all. By banding together and building together, Pure's team of experienced industry professionals and seasoned technology innovators provide a high-tech, high-touch, and hyper-local property management service to residents and investors nationwide. To learn more, visit purepm.co. Hey, Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, Nate, how you doing? I'm doing great, yourself? Never better. There it is. I love the positive attitude. I know we're midweek, uh, but I'm just gonna pretend this is Monday and we're just fired up and getting rolling here, even though I know the episode will drop on a Tuesday. Um, well, let's get ahead and jump right into it. I know we've got a lot to get through. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are and what you do. Hi, I'm Joe Pulverari. I am uh, the co-founder of Pure Property Management and the peer group. Okay, and from the top, the high level view, what does pure property management work to solve? No, we work to solve uh, the the challenges and experience that uh, happen in property management. So whether you're a resident, whether you're a property owner or whether you're a property manager, we're here to make that experience better by blending uh, people, process and technology. Okay. And before we before we go all into that, because there's obviously a lot there for us to unpack, um, can you go ahead and share a little bit? And I know you've got a little bit of an eclectic uh, journey that's led to this. Uh, I'd love to dig into the details because I think this actually paints a picture as to like why it's Joe, the guy working on this problem at Pure. Can you share a little bit about the journey that's led up to this point? What did you previously do that really makes you unique as well to run a prop tech company? Oh gosh, I don't know what makes me unique, but I'll, t- I'll tell you what I did. And you know, you can draw you can draw your own <laughs> conclusions. You know, I, and then you know, full disclosure to your audience out there, I've been in, in uh, property management and prop tech for all of eighteen months now. So you can see I'm completely eminently qualified to to be uh, running this business. But um, look, I'm a rehabilitated mergers and acquisitions lawyer from way back when, and I do consider myself fully rehabilitated now. But I spent a lot of time buying and selling software companies. Uh, that was the first half of my career, and and then frankly. I'm just a student of business. I love business and I've spent the last 20 years or so working across a bunch of different technology-based uh, industries, you know, early e-commerce companies, 
cybersecurity, artificial intelligence platforms, and then spent a good deal of time in uh, fintech uh, from way back in the day. Uh, was very early in a company uh, here in, in California that, that really was one of the pioneers of the fintech movement, right? So it was a company called uh, Yodely that we were, you know, a very small, very scrappy company back in 1999 and ran that company all the way up to a few thousand people. Did you call it fintech back then? No, it, it, that was uh, invented. That term was invented by people much more marketing savvy than me. Uh, we just, you know, we called it, we're building what we're building. And, uh, we were, you know, we were, we were building a, a SaaS platform in financial services and, uh, gosh, I'm going to date myself, uh, for a second, Nate, but back in 2006, you know, the deal that kind of, uh, or the relationship that kind of launched it all was, uh, between my company Yodely and, and, uh, a guy called Aaron Patzer, who was the founder of Mint. And, and that was really the combination of Yodely technology and, and uh, Mint uh, front end uh, facing consumers, uh, acting like a bank, but not really being like a bank. That was kind of uh, one of the seminal moments of, of fintech. And, uh, you know, the rest, as they say, is history. It got really big and really crazy really fast and was really fun. And so, um, you know, for me, what makes me uh, qualified to be one of the leaders of a, of a prop tech company now is, you can't phase me. I've had a lot of experience in a lot of different industries and been through a lot of different market cycles and done a lot of stuff uh, wrong and a few things right. And, and uh, you know, honestly, uh, when my co-founder, uh, a guy named Michael Catalano, who most people in the industry know, when he uh, started talking about the idea of Pure, I was basically semi-retired. I had just sold my last business and, and I was looking forward to enjoying, uh, you know, some of the outdoor activities that I know you like to enjoy. And, and uh I took a look at what's going on in, in prop tech and what's going on around property management in particular. And I said, well, this just looks like too much fun to pass up. So uh, I would say the thing that makes me qualified is, uh, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes and learned from them. I've done a few things right. And uh, I've got a high level of enthusiasm for new industries. Yeah, love it. And, yeah, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned like 2006 specifically for just multiple reasons. To me personally, that's actually when I got my start working at a privately held home builder outside of Philly. Um, you know, I was the building services coordinator, but trying to wheeze my way into marketing every opportunity I had <laughs> before before I was qualified to do that. But also that was the last time that we were truly entering into a shifting market, uh, you know, depending on where you were and what industry you felt it sooner than others. But I remember a month after we I started at that company, we went from delivering 50 homes a month to 15. And that didn't stop for a very long time. And I learned the terms cash flow and escrow and a lot of, you know, really interesting, uh, oh, wait, we're over leveraged. <laughs> so, you know, very interesting times. Obviously, you've, you know, you talked through being through some cycles. Uh, so, you know, maybe we can get into that a little bit because obviously uh, there's a little bit of a change in the environment right now. We've gone through a lot just in the last two, two and a half years. Um, but in that two years, like it was almost, it's almost what, two years to the month since you guys really started Pure, right? Yeah, we're, I think our technical launch date is October 2nd of 2020. Yeah, so we're, com we're coming okay. up on our two year anniversary. So I mean, some of the some of the most uncertain times you guys have decided to build, launch, and really grow. And when I mean grow, I mean in two years' time, oftentimes prop tech companies find themselves still working to find product market fit. Can you walk through a little bit about what you guys have been able to build already in those short two years? Yeah, uh, happy to do that. It's uh, it, it's interesting. This is an interesting company uh, from the standpoint of. Uh, you know, they always, uh, most of my background was pure technology and my co-founder, Mike, his, his background is pure real estate and, and property management. So it's an interesting combination. And we'd known each other forever, but never had worked together on a project until pure. And, and it's an interesting cross-section because they trained me coming out of, out of business school to run a business for growth and don't worry about profit. Uh, Mike was trained the opposite way, run a business for profit. And, you know, when it's profitable enough, you can grow it. And so when you bring those two together in a market environment that, that, um, what was, shall I say, interesting uh, at best, right? We had we had the pandemic in, in full bloom and, and we had a kind of uncertain uh, economic outcome of, of what that would cause. And we're seeing some of that land right now in the form of inflation and, and, and other sorts of adverse circumstances in the, the macroeconomic environment. 
we can't just go off and build a straight property management company. We don't want to do that because part of the elegance of what we do is, is acquiring businesses at scale and making it more efficient. Uh, and we don't want to just build a pure technology company because this may not be the right environment to do that in. And there's lots of other great technologies out there that we can leverage in the meantime. So we've got to kind of build a business that brings together the best of both. It, it, it allows you to build a scaled property management company uh, through acquisition and through organic growth. And it allows you to uh, underpin that with a combination of existing technology and new ways of implementing technology and, and new ways of building that allow you to make that whole larger operation efficient, uh, you know, kind of on a modern scale. And, and uh, so that's a company where you're kind of, I look at it sometimes as this is probably the, you know, the wrong analogy, but we're, you know, we've got a battle on two fronts. One is on the technology side. How do you make it all work together? The stuff that's out there and stuff you want to add to it. Uh, and then how do you continue to acquire in a way that, that is, you know, that the right way economically and, and people wise. And, and so we're doing kind of both of those things simultaneously. And what we've found is, um, you know, honestly, the people in the company, uh, and, and Mike, you know, I'll give Mike full credit for this. He did an amazing job of, of selecting the companies we wanted to partner with early. And they're, they're all people who are incredibly uh, brilliant operators in their own right and, and very sort of forward looking, I would say. They're entrepreneurs. And, and we got a good group of them together. And once we got that group together, you know, great people know great people. And we got even a bigger group together. And before we knew it, we were acquiring, you know, about three companies a month. And, and we were doing it in a way uh, where, look, let's be, let's be honest, uh, when you do anything for the first time, this is not my first acquisition, I've done dozens, but I've never acquired a property management company, right? When you do something for the first time, it's a little bumpy. And so, with, you know, by the time we got to acquisition number five, I would say five or six, we had kind of smoothed that model out. And so now we acquire very quickly and cleanly. We bring the people in. Uh, we, we leverage their experience. We build what we call the pure way, right? So we've got today, I think about a thousand years of property management experience in the company. Like I'm the, I'm the rookie in the room, right? Still. <laughs> uh, and, and, and so once we got that model and that motion down, well, then we could really focus on how do you optimize performance of a scaled company? And we do that with, uh, existing technologies and we have a way of weaving them together with our, with our own technologies that make them work uh, in a more automated, seamless and smooth way. And the, and the output which we're now starting to see the benefit of, mm -hmm. um, you know, as we you know, sort of get approaching year two is the output is the experience because we very much see ourselves. It sounds a little odd, but we see ourselves as an experience company more than even a prop tech company or more than even a property management company. The experience for the human beings who are involved uh, in basically living their lives and interacting with the technology is is much better. Right. So residents have a better experience. Uh, owners have a better experience and they get more information uh, sooner. Uh, they understand better about their investment. Uh, and, and equally as important, property managers have a better experience because it's not quite so frenetic as it usually is. And I don't know if you spend any time uh, on the ground managing properties uh, day to day today, but it's, you know, it's an anxiety inducing process. So what we found is the acquisitions just keep coming, right, for some reason. Uh, and I know the reason it's the people here, people like our program, they want to be part of it. They think we're doing interesting things in the industry. I think they're right. Uh, and, and we treat them well, they treat each other. Well, it's a great community we built. So that part of the model works well, and now we're just making it more efficient. And so we just, uh, it, we're really, it, it sounds boring, but at this point we're kind of turning the crank on the base business and building up that community and building up the acquisition flow and building up ways to optimize it. So we feel like we're, you know, honestly, I feel like we're six months ahead of where we thought we would be. Which which is phenomenal. So, because we haven't thrown out some metrics here, but I, I have some on a cheat sheet uh, that our audience can't see. So I'm going to read out some of these because in two years time, here, here's here's what we're talking about. So you guys, you've raised 50 million in in, in capital, right? About, or approximately. We put a more more capital than that. We started out with a what I'll call a, okay. a $25 million seed round. And then we recently... Tail into last year, raised fifty million uh, institutional okay. capital with a company, a company called Level Equity, who were uh, the first investors in Vacasa, and just a great, a great fit for Pure. Got it. Yeah. So okay. So we're at seventy-five million. We're we're managing over fifteen thousand single-family residences, and that's both on individual and institutional investors. And I want to come back to the institutional piece because there's something new that's a service from you guys here. Fifty cities, sixteen states. You've acquired 35 property management companies. 
I mean, those are that's phenomenal numbers in two years time to get your systems in place, you know, getting, you know, a, knowing how you're going to operate, where you're looking, like what, what makes you guys so different that you're able to accomplish that? Because people that have been in this business for several years, like five, six, eight years, they're nowhere near these numbers if, if they wanted to be. Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it's really, it's two things really. And, and the, the most important thing, the foundational thing is, is the people. And, um, you know, as I said, Mike and I have known each other forever, but, but, uh, Mike has been in this industry deeply and he's always been regarded as one of the top, you know, five people in the country. I'd argue he's the top person now, but at, at any point in the game, he was one of the top five people in the country that you would want to talk to if you were thinking of buying or selling a property management firm. And, and he always was very kind of entrepreneurial that way. And more importantly, he was generous with his time. So if you owned a company or wanted to get into the business and you called Mike, he would always talk to you, right? And in a genuine way, he's just that kind of a guy. And, and uh, that builds up a lot of credibility. It builds up a lot of network and it builds up a lot of, uh, you know, the right kind of relationships when you decide you're going to go do something like this. And so the, you know, the reason that we're able to kind of, get uh, you know, into orbit pretty quick here is because all those relationships with all those similarly minded people have existed, you know, not for months uh, or even a couple of years, but for you know, north of a decade in many cases. And so uh, when we said, look, we're gonna, we're gonna go do this thing called Pure and here's what it generally looks like. It's kind of a coming together of all these great operators and then you know, a, a, a building upon that. People were kind of like, yeah, we're, we're ready for this. And I think, so that's kind of number one is that the people in the industry were, you know, the right people at the right time in the right place, which is, you know, part, part of that is hard work and part of that is, you know, luck and timing, right? Let's be honest about it. It's not all, it's not all scripted. And, and then the other piece is, you know, I don't think a lot of people in the industry uh, had the ability to think about bigger platform implementations bigger capital profiles, access to capital, quite frankly. And, and um, you know, that's where I do a little bit of my part is I've spent a lot of time raising, you know, private equity and venture capital over the years for a bunch of different companies and understand, you know, reasonably well at this point, how that, how that world operates. And, and when you kind of, uh, it's almost like we had an amazing, I'll just tell you, we went out to raise the 50 million that we ended up doing with Level. We had an amazing response and people are like, Holy smokes! I had no idea that this industry was so big, uh, that it could be so interesting, and that it's so ripe for change. And and so I think when you you take the people who are kind of ready for that change, and and you put it on a platform where, you know, capital and structure are not an issue, right? It becomes like you know, it's it's almost like mm -hmm. answering that asking an entrepreneur if you didn't have restrictions on capital and how you deployed it. You know, what kind of great business would you go build? And that's really what Pure is, right? We brought together the right capital partners and the right understanding of how those markets work with the right property management partners and the right understanding of how those markets work. And you put them together and, you know, pretty soon you're hanging on with both hands. Incredible. Let, let's, let's kind of shift a little bit to, because there is a new service that you guys have recently, or I say maybe a new division that you recently launched uh, with the premise of servicing institutional investor clients and, and their portfolios. Um, walk me through a little bit about what makes that different from what your current services are and how does that, what does that look like? Yeah, really good question. Uh, and, and this is a business I'll tell you this, you know, there's the old, the old saying is give the people what they want, right? This, this is a business that people ask us to start and, and it was always kind of on the roadmap and, and we starting it probably about a year, uh, earlier than I, I think we would have anticipated starting it because most of the most of the uh, owners that that Pure manages for uh, they're what I would call you know mom and pop size owners they own ten properties or fewer and obviously when you get in the institutional side and you know the institutional single family aggregators are in the headlines almost every day they're buying thousands of houses you know a week right if they can uh, and so it's it's and it's a really different discipline and uh, the, the difference is. Uh, you know, you've got to be, you've got to speak a more institutional language or a more commercial language because most of these are professional investors. They're backed by very large uh, investment houses or hedge funds. In some cases, they deploy billions of dollars of capital. Uh, they've got big infrastructure and they're used to what I'll call institutional grade, professional grade uh, interaction and reporting. So it's almost, it takes me back to my enterprise software days in, in terms of how you 
you know, operate with them. I, you know, I spent years selling products to banks and it's, it's almost like the same and to hedge funds and financial services. It's kind of like the same thing where they expect that level of service. And that's not something that most, uh, you know, there's 40,000 property management companies in, in North America. It's not something that most of them, because they're all subscale, it's not something that most of them are used to dealing with. So it's a, it's kind of a different level of service. Uh, there's more detail involved. And, and then, you know, in terms of what we have done to, to service that uh, and why we're attractive, well, you know, we're, I think, uh, I think actually as of today, we're in 18 states, we'll be in, in uh, 25 within the next 30 or 45 days. And so for them, we, we offer kind of a, a footprint that's attractive because many of them buy in multiple markets and they're looking for consistency of service. So we run all the peer companies the same way. We have this thing we call the peer playbook. That's how we operate a business. And so for them, uh, you know, the, the experience they have now is they go into a market to pick a property manager. And then they go into another market to pick another property manager who I guarantee you 100% does it differently than the one in the other market does it. And so with us, they get consistency of service. They get consistency of interaction. Uh, and then we understand them from an analytics and a data perspective. Because if you think about it, when we buy a company, we're buying a company that's on a technology that we typically keep. And, and we're aggregating those different technology systems every month across you know, now almost 38 companies acquired. And so we have to put that all together and make it look consistent so you can actually do reporting and analytics on it, which are, you know, reporting and analytics are what investors live by. And so we, per we perform that function for them as well. So what we've done uh, on our own uh, technology is, is, you know, make that synthesis that we do for ourselves available to them. So if you're an institutional buyer of SFRs, an institutional aggregator, what you get from us is uh, really, you get a national footprint, you get consistent service, and you get, most importantly, the ability to understand and report on your data because, you know, everybody's got a boss and, and the boss of the institutional aggregators are investors and they want to know what's going on with the investment. So we, we, help that make, we help make that happen a lot more seamlessly than it has uh, in the past. So that, that's why, you know, they're asking us, look, are you going to do this business? Can you, can you do this business? And we'd like to be a customer. And we're like, mm -hmm. yeah, hey, you want to be a customer? We're happy to happy to provide that service because we're doing it for ourselves anyway. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Like the, the timing here, you kind of alluded to earlier, like maybe a little bit of luck, a little bit of timing, right? But the timing couldn't be any better to offer something like that because you have a lot of money that's been raised of reevaluating. People say, you know, SFRs, what, what a great asset class. You know, it's not as maybe, I don't want to say it's not as difficult, but you know, it used to be, well, multifamily is the only way to get scale. Multifamily is the only way to get returns. And the reality is, actually, a lot of people want to rent single family homes and will rent single family homes for a long period of time. It can be stable. There's lots of upside there. But you just illustrated everything perfectly. The, the majority of property management companies are mom and pops. They're smaller companies. So having the same systems in Tennessee and, say, Texas and Florida is not likely unless you either build that vertical in-house uh, or you, I don't know, micromanage every property management company you work with so that they fall in line with your systems versus, you know, what they already have in place. And, uh, you know, I think that's a really interesting uh, angle there. I am curious one one thing here, and then we'll, we'll kind of move into a little bit more different topic, but, you know, from, from a backend perspective, you know, there's lots of tech, there's lots of tools geared to the property manager to help them better keep track of rents received, you know, payments to their investors, managing insurance policies and taxes and all kinds of things that they can do for their customers and even for their own business. Yet the average property management company still is struggling. I mean, you can see this in all the reviews and feedback and constant complaints from, from renters. What is it that Pure is doing in the back office and running tech that is truly the edge over you know, the average property management company. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I think you know, what, what's an edge is, is kind of in the eye of the beholder. I'll tell you how we operate the business and, it, and so far it's been effective. And, and I'll give you a little bit of metrics on, on the back end of it. But, but what we do, uh, look, I'm an old SaaS platform guy, right? I'm an old guy and I'm a SaaS platform guy. And, and at the last six companies I've been a part of or, or started, uh, or helped grow have been SaaS platforms and, and SaaS platforms, the lifeblood of them is, is what I call data liquidity. So it's, it's the ability to uh, get data around the object that you're interested in 
and then to understand that data and let the right people see it at the right time so they can do the right thing. And I think mm-hmm. one of the things in this category, uh, again, as a relative outsider, right? So full disclosure, I'm 18 months, almost two years in. So I'm still the rookie in the room, but I've been in a lot of technology companies and a lot of different industries. What this industry lacks uh, is not a number of solutions or a number of providers, but it, it, it lacks what I'll call interop- interoperability. Say that 10 times fast. You know, I can't, Nate. So interoperability of data or what I used to call in financial services, data liquidity. How do you get data out of one system and get it into another in a way that doesn't cause anxiety? And and I'll tell you, when we buy a property management company, they operate between six and 10 different IT systems. None of them talk to each other and and they're built intentionally not to talk to each other, which is fine. I understand why why that is. It's a function Mm -hmm. of development and, uh, you know, development style or philosophy and also sort of, you know, quite frankly, commercial philosophy. Uh, But that's the thing that will... Uh, Mm -hmm. free everything up is creating that data liquidity, that interoperability to an extent. And so what we focus on at Pure, you know, we still use all the systems that those people provide, uh, the incumbents provide in the space, but we focus on making them work better together. And we do that by uh, leveraging our thousand years of property management experience. Uh, So, you know, what is the right thing to do, the right single way to run a business in a common sense so that you can get scale and you get efficiencies from scale. Most companies aren't in this industry. They don't have scale. They're operating Mm -hmm. suboptimally. Uh, just by definition. And it's not their fault. It's just based on their size uh, and their experience set. So we've got a great experience set. We've got great size. And so we're able to smooth that out. And then we focus on automating and orchestrating the interactions and the handoff between those systems. So I think, you know, if you, uh, this is a real example. We actually make tons of videos of property managers doing their jobs because we want to see, you know, we want we want we want them to have a good experience. We want to see what the problems are. Do you have a, you just like strap on a GoPro and follow around the, the property manager all day? I want to believe that that's not, what you're doing. It's not quite that exciting, but, but we, we do watch them do their jobs and we do. I mean, GoPro means like I'm outside and I'm doing like a tough mutter or something or I'm mountain biking. and I'm, you know, It's not that glamorous. It's like, hey, I'm sitting in front of my laptop and, you know, what do you do? Hey, there might be some days in in the job of a property manager that uh, a GoPro and a Tough Mudder kind of <laughs> looks like what they're doing. That's, That's very, very possible. Very, having been in the field on many occasions, that you are you're not far off. That's true, uh, but it's t- not typically associated <laughs> with fun, unfortunately. Uh, so, so we, we understand how they work and it's a real example, right? A move in, move out process, you know, in the extreme takes about four separate IT systems and, and 29 human being involved steps. And in our back office, we've got it down to a couple of different systems. So we cut them in half, basically, uh, and, and about four steps. And, and so you get and you get that by doing sort of what I'll call efficient automation, low hanging fruit from a from a machine learning perspective or, or an automation perspective that you do with existing systems. So that's what we focus on. How do we glue those systems together in a way that make, uh, you know, the work effort uh, more tolerable and more efficient and you know, we, we look at businesses when, when we buy businesses, they typically operate somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 65 doors per full time employee. Right. Or you hear the term FTE, 65 doors per FTE. And when we when we put put them on the pure playbook, which is, you know, really an aggregation of all the best operators we think in the business, in the industry, uh, we nearly double that. Uh, just with existing IT systems, just by improving process and automation. And we think we can, again, double that as we go forward in time and the systems start to be more open to one another. So, you know, the systems will be more open to one another. Uh, you know, this, this industry has been traditionally somewhat closed uh, that, that will change over time. There's too many people in the space innovating now, not to have it happen. Uh, when it happens, you know, we'll all be high-fiving and things will, you know, the friction will come out of the system. It's not there yet. And, you know, so we're doing our, our little piece in our little world to take the friction out of our own operations so that, that uh, you know, our property managers and our, our residents and our owners have a better experience. So, you know, investors out there who, and we'll talk about the, the mom and pops here for a minute, because that's a big part of the early foundation of your business and a, a large, and if I understand correctly, like a good number of your units under management. So then, you know, those investors who, don't choose to proactively manage. They hand it over to a property manager. Of course, they've heard every pitch. We'll take care of your property. We'll watch it like it's our like it's our own. We do things that your current manager can't do, won't do, refuses to do, right? So then when you have that conversation, how are you getting past his objections? What is Pure saying that is 
winning the deal because of course every property manager can say well we operate more efficiently and oh we have technology that works in the back end but you know it's kind of hard to demonstrate how you work until you can genuinely show them and they walk through so what do you do to get past those objections to earn new units because as i understand for property management companies that's one of the the most difficult hurdles they must cross to to add more units on their books you know to under management to be able to actually grow the business yeah, it's it's actually. Uh, I would love to give you like some you know great technology forward answer. Like we've got you know the secret sauce here, but you know the secret sauce for us and and, and the reason that that we've been so particular about companies we want to partner with and, and acquire is it's the people and and we literally so we have the best people everywhere in our opinion, right? And and we've been really uh, careful about making sure they've got the right personality set and that's you know the right personality set inside the company but mostly also for owners and for residents. You know, are you someone who's got do you have a good human user interface? And and we we've been really careful. We passed on a lot of transactions where we didn't think the chemistry fit was going to be right for for uh, the company we were looking to acquire or for us and and, and we like to think about it, it sounds corny, but it's true. We're, we're actually building the biggest mom and pop shop in the industry because people like mom and pop shops. People like the fact that I've known Nate for 20 years and he takes care of my property. So every time I get one, I'm going to have Nate manage it. That's the feeling we want to, to convey because that's how we you know, live internally. So we've got the best people and those people, you know, our job is to make them shine by taking all the, the drudgery out of the process, right? So making the operation of the business smoother. Uh, it gives them more time to do what they do best and better, frankly, which is, you know, talk to other human beings and convince them to bring us their properties to manage. And so it's really a, a people thing. Uh, I think a lot of owners are attracted to the footprint, not unlike the institutional uh, players that we work with. They're attracted to the fact that it's, you know, a national business and growing. They like the idea that if they go buy more investment properties in other markets that, you know, there's likely a pure company there that they can that they can work with. And so it's consistency and it's people. And at the end of the day, if people, you know, let's let's think, you know, think about it for one second. The relationship between resident and owner and property manager, it's largely a legal relationship, right? It's all predicated on contracts and it's a you will do this and I will do that. And if you can make it a little bit more human, uh, you'll win nine times out of 10 because people uh, will pay for experience uh, and, you know, we, we charge, we're not the low price leader. We're not the high price company. We're kind of somewhere probably in the middle, uh, but people pay for experience and then they stick with you. Most of the doors in our, in our company that we manage have been there. I think the average I saw the other day was something like four and a half to five years. And so that's good long-term tenure. You don't, you don't just have a five-year relationship. Think about any other five-year relationship you have. If it's not good, you don't do it unless unless you in, unless you have to. So we you know we provide good people, good relationship, and that's that makes the difference. And I, I will put our you know forget the technology, forget everything else. I will put our people up against any other people in any other company anytime because they're just nice people. And that's frankly, honestly, having worked in a half dozen different industries. The nicest people I've ever worked with in any industry are in this particular industry in property management. And we've got a great group of them, you know, growing every day. Yeah. You mentioned a few attributes here uh, of, of the property management companies that you have uh, acquired and kind of like pulled into the pure system, if you will. Um, obviously, it sounds like one is, you know, do the in those real estate investors, the cut the clients, do they trust that property management company? Do they trust the people who work there? I think this is one of the underlying themes here is, do they have a lot of faith in, in the people they work with? Uh, but what are some other attributes you're looking for when you're uh, looking either in a new market or looking to you know expand your footprint? What are you looking for in property management companies before you go down that path of acquisition? Uh, a couple of things. One, you know, First and foremost, we've I don't want to overstate it, but we, we look at the people. Are they operators that we think you know, we'll be a good fit for, you know, will they be happy uh, in our company and, and, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'd be a good fit. And, you know, our company is extraordinarily flat. So if you're coming in to play politics or, you know, build a, build a hierarchy, uh, a la, you know, old school corporate style, that this is not the place for you. If you're coming in and you want to make the experience better for residents and for owners, and you want to advance the state of the art of the industry, uh, and make it a better industry, then you know we're we're the right guys and gals for you. 
Uh, so we, we look at that first and foremost. We look at companies that have been well run, quite frankly. So companies that have got tenure in a market, they're not just there for a couple of weeks. They've been there for, you know, preferably decades, right? We put a lot of value in uh, your ability to be a successful uh, entrepreneur in your own market. And, and those are the top two, you know, we're, we're uh, uh, we don't really focus on anything else at, at the at the screening level, I'll call it, except chemistry and and have you been there a while? And and then, you know, the third piece is, are, are you up for an adventure? Because this is an adventure. You know, if you're if you're running, I love that piece. It's I love that. Are you up for an adventure? But it's true. And, you know, we have this one of the one of our, you know, several mantras at Pure is, you know, embrace change. I love change. Be ready for it. And, and it is a change because think about it. You're you're a property management owner, company owner, and you're running a company for the last 15 or 20 years and pick a city doesn't matter. Uh, but you're basically, you know, an entrepreneur and you're in charge of your own destiny. That is your kingdom, if you will. And now we're saying, hey, look, uh, throw it all into something that's going to be a lot bigger. And, and now all of a sudden you've gone from making every decision to being part of a, you know, a really smart group of people just like you who make decisions by consensus and who agree the right thing for residents and for owners and then who implement them at, at light speed. And so I will say you got to be up for an adventure and, and you got to be up for the fact that now you're not you're not the woman or the man, like you're part of a group of similarly minded people and then I'll tell you, uh, one of the things maybe this industry wasn't quite ready for, and it surprised me a little bit when I came in, is, is the pace. We run, we run at a startup company, startup technology company pace, right? So we are like, it's on. Like when you show up, it's on and it's That's on. a significant di differentiator in this slice of the real estate industry in of itself. Yeah, just I, the fact that you move at a startup pace. It and and some people, you know, some people uh, love it. They go, "Oh man, I've been waiting for this. This is so fun and it's exciting." And it is. And some people are like, "Whoa, this is a little bit of an adjustment for me." Yeah, I, I the, the the whole uh, "Are you up for an adventure?" reminds me uh, Ken and Chen from uh, Clear Capital. He's an EVP there, and he was on the Technus podcast, episode 72, for those of you who want to go back. Also got to give a shout out to ClearCast, which is the Clear Capital podcast, is a phenomenal show. But Kenan said that they look for people who do extreme sports. It's actually one of the things that they're, like people who love skydiving or like extreme trail running, you know, and things like that, because those are people who are like willing to get out and go do something you know, uh, that's challenging or daunting or like really pushes the limits. And when you, they, they've kind of built that into the culture of their organization. Uh, and then it's part of, you know, it's part of who they are. It's the ethos at their, at their company. Uh, it reminded me of that here. Um, I want to keep moving here. I know we, with so many more things, uh, but before we run out of time here, um, I, th I think you mentioned to me a little bit, it, top of the show or maybe prior to us recording, but you know, right now is the time for this business. And so, you know, I'd love you to go into and kind of break down, like why is now the time to be building pure property management? Uh, good question. So uh, I love data. So let me give you some data. So this, this industry is property management, third-party property management in the United States of America alone. Forget the rest of the world for a second. In the United States of America, it's a $30 billion a year revenue industry. So that means $30 billion in income is being created somewhere. Uh, currently, that income is spread across 40,000 property management companies like Pure, right? Different sizes, different locations, $30 billion split among 40,000 companies. And then you look at kind of the, the average age of the proprietor of those businesses, of these mom and pop businesses, largely speaking, uh, somewhere between 55 and 65, uh, so have been working in the business for a while, uh, getting closer to the you know the years that they should enjoy. Uh, no great path uh, for an exit uh, because you know these businesses used to be generational businesses, and now uh, for whatever reason I, that I, I don't know because now I know the businesses from the inside out they're great businesses, but for whatever reason um, there's no real generational succession plan, right? A lot of these are family businesses or have been family businesses. And for some reason, the current or the coming generation doesn't want to be in these businesses and, and no great path to exit. And so, and so you look at the, the market, it's a huge market. $30 billion is a huge market space anywhere you go. Uh, 
it's getting bigger because the two largest generations in our nation's history, millennials and baby boomers, have decided to rent, right? They want a rental experience, maybe more than an ownership experience. You look at the high fragmentation, uh, you look at the high cash flow, and you, you look at the you know, aging proprietors and you go, you know, this is a prime, prime candidate for a roll up. Uh, so you and that and that's, you know, it's happened in insurance. It's happened in HVAC. It's happened in lots of what I'll call, you know, previously analog and fragmented industries. This is just the biggest one. Right. So it, it's it's prime time to do it. Uh, and then you look at the technology profile uh, of the category and you go, man, after you roll it up uh, with just a little bit of elbow grease and a little bit of forethought on how you integrate technology and maybe how you build technology in the future, you can make these businesses that are already, you know, cash flowing, uh, you can make them really efficient. And so you look at that as kind of a student of business and you go, wow, we can build a company that is high growth, uh, high technology and high profit uh, in a $30 billion market space that's growing just in the United States of America. I mean, we haven't thought about the rest of the world yet. Right. So you look at that and you go, holy smokes, how come no one's done this before? And, you know, some people have done it and tried to do it, but they haven't really had what we think is the right blend of, you know, property experience and technology experience. So that's, that's what we hope to bring. That's what we hope to, you know, convince people that's the, the right way to proceed. And, you know, time will tell if we're right or not, but, but so far, so good. Yeah. Well, I, I pre appreciate going into that. Um, when you, when you look at the, the market as a whole and ultimate vision for pure, right? I mean, you've already started with a bigger vision, I think, than many who go into the property management business. What's the what's the ultimate vision? And, and feel free to express that in either terms of units, assets under management, or some other metric that you you look at. Yeah, I, I think um, look the the ultimate vision is to be uh, to build the the biggest and most valuable property management company that's ever been built in the industry. Right. So we want we want to be the biggest. We want to be the best. Uh, that's that's why we're here. You know, we we're. Uh, uh, fully focused on that. Now, how we get there, uh, you know, is, is subject to how we implement strategy, what the market cycles are, you know, there's a million things that there's, there's one thing you can't control, which is what you want to be. And there's a million things you can't, which is, you know, in the journey between here and there. Uh, but right now we've proven uh, that the base model, so acquiring uh, inorganically and growing organically works really well. And, and so there's not really a limit to how big we can get there. I think there's 23 million rental units that are managed on a third party basis in the United States of America today that are largely single family. It doesn't even include multi. I think you throw multi on there, it gets like north of 40 million. And so uh, with our model working like it works and being able to scale in a, in a pretty linear way, uh, we don't see a limit to how big we can get. I think the challenge for us will be, uh, can we do uh, what we say we want to do, which is, uh, you know, we want to be the biggest and the best, but that means for us, the way we think about it internally is we want to provide the best experience. If you're a resident, we want you to always want to live in a pure managed property. If you're an owner, we want you always to manage with a pure managed property. If you're a property manager, we want you always to work here. And, and so it's really, you know, that's the end game. Can you build the biggest, best company with the best experience? That, and, and we don't see a, a limit in the base model to that um, uh, today. Uh, you know, certainly as we go forward and we get bigger and we're getting bigger, we're, 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 we're getting bigger at a faster rate than we were when we started by a lot. Uh, at, at some point, you know, somebody smarter than me in you know, physics and math will tell me there's, you know, a natural plateauing of that curve. I'm not sure when that is, but I'm going to run as fast against it as I can until we run up, you know, right up to it. Yeah, very cool. Joe, we're going to transition here towards the bottom of the show. Uh, this segment called For the Future. For the Future is when I get to ask each guest who comes on the show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions. Are you ready to play? Nate, I'm always ready to play. Let's do it. All right. Question number one, what does pure property management look like one year from now? It looks like about, uh, you know, honestly, 500 people and about 50,000 doors on the single family side and probably 25,000 on the HOA side. It looks a lot bigger and hopefully, you know, just as flat. All right. Question number two, will the number of property management companies increase or decrease as tech enables these businesses to run more efficiently? It's going to decrease, uh, but in a good way. Uh, you're going to get you're, there, people think sometimes consolidation is bad for an industry. In this case, it'll it'll actually be good because it will make it more efficient and it will make the people that participate in it happier. Their lives will truly be better, less anxiety prone. Number three, what's one industry trend you think will continue, but you wish would go away? 
uh, th this lack of data liquidity, this lack of uh, being able systems being able to communicate uh, with systems. I, I think you know for reasons we discussed earlier, people people hang on to their little piece of the uh, ecosystem and they're they're not open to sharing it. You know, I come from a fintech background where you know, frankly, you share every you share everything data wise because at the end of the day, it's the customer is first. So. I, th I think we're not truly putting the customer first yet, the resident first yet. Uh, that trend will continue. I understand why. Uh, I wish it wouldn't continue. I think people would be pleasantly surprised if they actually put the resident first and thought about themselves second. Uh, that it would be a much uh, more valuable economically community and, a, and it's certainly a happier one. Yeah, Joe, and, and I'll tag on to that. This is, I think this is a trend that some companies have caught on to that resident experience, which is the you know, the term that you'll hear often uh, and, and, you know, on our PropTech Minicon, you know, Marcella uh, from Alfred and uh, Fatima from Sugar, both companies, you know, focus on that resident experience and really putting that resident experience first. They're not coming from the property management perspective per se, but they're directly approaching that resident experience. And I think this is an industry trend that some are waking up to that uh, resident experience is extremely important to running a really good management business. I think that's right. I agree with you. I look at it in two stages. One, one is I, I love everything that those companies are doing as we as we talked then. I think it's really interesting. I look. I think there's a step before that, and the step before that is to uh, get get some sort of positive feeling around the relationship, which means uh, not so much give me all these great things I want around my property, but just don't make it difficult to get in and out of it or be there. Make it make it easier on my life to get into a property, to be in that property, and to get out of that property. Take the friction out of it for me, and mm -hmm. then I'm happy to consider all the great things you want me to do as part of being a resident there. Very cool. Last thing on for the future: What's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of tech advances? Uh, the, the problem I just mentioned: We will have data liquidity in the category at some point. Right, that you'll be able to sort of talk system to system in a way that actually makes processes that human beings have to interact with uh, very much better. Right, I, I, I was there firsthand in fintech when this happened. It took 15 years there. It will not take 15 years here, uh, but it will take a period of time. And when that friction goes away, uh, you'll be stunned at how much more value can be created across the across the whole ecosystem. All right. And Joe, we've got the last three. This is for our listeners to get to know you better. First one of those three is what are you reading? <laughs> well, <laughs> this will date me again, but I'm not embarrassed about it. I'm reading, I'm reading uh, The Sun Also Rises by Ernest Hemingway for probably the, I don't know, I'm approaching double digits. I'm approaching the 10th time, I'm sure. That's okay. I, I, I think a lot of people of all ages uh, read a little Hemingway here and there, except for I, I, I don't. I, I don't read any fiction, so that's my I tell that's you, if you're a student of the English language and grammar, in my opinion, there was no one, no one who did it better. His writing is very clean. There you go. Number two, who are you learning from? No, oh, that's easy. The younger generation. Uh, so I, I go out of my way to, uh, I've got two college age kids and I go out of my way to understand how they think because I think it's so, it's so fascinating and the environment that they grow up in from a technology perspective in particular is really different. Uh, when I started working, we didn't have cell phones, right? And we didn't even really work on laptops. And and now uh, you're carrying a supercomputer around in your pocket and, and that gives you access to all sorts of different experiences. So I'm always, uh, you know, as a parent, I'm yeah. always on the lookout for what's going on out there. But then, you know, as a human being, I'm always, you know, I want to understand what's going on and how, how this generation thinks because there's a lot to learn. And, you know, we, we just actually had our crop of interns come in and start the summer interns at Pure uh, last week. And uh, the most interesting part of my job in the last two months has been interviewing each one of them to figure out what they're about, how they think and what their aspirations are. So very highly educational for me, uh, the next generation. Very cool. Last one here, what inspires you? Oh gosh, mostly uh, the people I work with every day. And that sounds a little bit corny, but it's true. Uh, I, I mean, I basically came out of semi-retirement to take this job and I did it because the people are awesome and the opportunity is huge. And, and uh, so every day I get up, I come in here, I go, you know what? It's on again. And so you better bring 110% of your energy because everybody else is. Uh, it's, a great, it's a great environment we have here in, in terms of uh, how people are, are focused and, and love doing what we do. 
Joe, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you so much for your time and you know, breaking everything down. I'm glad we got a chance to get uh, on a call here again. Um, you know, it was fun doing the Minicon, but this was even more going into the details of what you guys have been building at Pure. I, I think it's nothing short of impressive. The speed, the scale, uh, the integration of you know working in a labor-intensive, tedious, and highly nuanced industry that involves people and tech, pulling it all together across many different states and working mom and pop institutional at the same time. Like there's a lot happening here. Uh, so very, very uh, much appreciated for you to break it all down for us. For those who want to learn more about pure property management and or get connected to you, where do they go and how do they do that? Oh, our website's just at purepm.co, not .com, purepm.co. We're a startup, so we didn't want to buck up for the .com. It was like a gazillion dollars. <laughs> Somebody had it. So purepm.co. And, there it is. Uh, and then I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah. Awesome. And we'll of course put those links in the show notes and descriptions below wherever you're picking up the show here. But Joe, I'm sure we'll be in touch somewhere down the line. Can't wait to watch and see what you guys do moving on from here. But until then, we'll catch you later. Great to see you, Nate. Take care. Well, thanks for listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. You can always get future episodes delivered to you directly by subscribing to the podcast in your favorite app store. You can also join the newsletter. Head over to technest.io or finledger.com slash newsletters to get all future episodes, updates, and more sent to you right in your inbox. Last but not least, we appreciate your support. Please go ahead and give us a rating and review in your app store. This helps others discover the podcast and know that it's a great worthy listen. We'll see you next week.